The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on the lab report, Dr. Jillian Ehrlich. We're going to talk all about Ayurvedic medicine. I can't wait. I love I, I know. It's a, it's a topic we haven't hit yet. You said it very well. That Thank you. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. Speaking of Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. they finally have those hearts back because you know what? Someone rescued Neko of the Neko wafers, and I am stoked. Gross. Hello. Hi, Michael Chapman. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Patty Devers. I'm living my best life, and I'm crushing it and all the things. How are you doing? Wow. That's something angry. Is that did mocking it? me? Were you mocking did, me? That didn't sound... How You're did that sound me. angry? You're mocking me. <laughs> Jealous much? I'm fine. How are you, Patty? <laughs> I'm good. Great. So this is a podcast. It's called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. And it's where we talk about things like specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, functional medicine, integrative medicine, naturopathic medicine, chiropractic medicine, osteopathic medicine, and like. It's a lot of stuff. You know what would be cool? If people might, you know, subscribe to the show. That would be. That would be so cool. You know what's interesting? I love cool things, and that would be the coolest. Someone commented on social media and said, how do I subscribe to the show? And so I go to iTunes and I went to Spotify and actually the button says follow and I was like mm, maybe we just follow us they had to be different didn't they yeah just follow us you can follow us there you can follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. Facebook yep. all the places LinkedIn all the you can yeah. follow us all over the place and if you have feedback you can send that feedback to podcast at gdx.net that's the email address and if you're a patient interested in our testing you can order directly at connect.gdx.net cool. or we'll connect you with a Genova client to totally. help guide your healthcare. totally no, I do realize that I'm in the minority of candy going here because I it's do gross. like Necco wafers and Ugh. I like Ugh. candy corn. Gross. I like a lot. Of, I like licorice. You know what I'm saying? I like a lot oh, of the things that gross. people don't like from a candy front. Yep. Not having any of it right now because I'm keto, so I can only dream about it. But you know, a boy can dream. Okay. Well, all of those different types of very sugary, disgusting candies do not sound like a dream to me. They sound like a nightmare. Hmm. Okay. Gross. Did I say if you had feedback, you can send that feedback to podcast <laughs> at gdx.net. That's our email address. Oh, I'm emailing. Anyway, so uh, what are we talking about today, Patty? Well, I'm super excited because we're going to have Jillian Ehrlich on, and she wants to talk about Ayurvedic medicine, which is something I know little mm. to nothing about yeah. other than conversations with you and some of the, the docs here in our department and doshas and mm-hmm. feeling my pulse and all this stuff. But yeah. I am absolutely fascinated to learn about this today. I think anytime we can talk about quote unquote like constitutions, like personality mm-hmm. types, whether that's people love this stuff, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about astrology, you're talking about Chinese medicine and the personality types there, you're talking about Ayurveda. This is always super fascinating and I love how much it overlaps and oftentimes you're like, oh, that makes sense. Mm. For example, did you know that in Ayurvedic medicine, it's actually considered healthy to have some something of a sweet, like a candy. Usually they do fennel, right? At Indian restaurants, mm. they got the little dish of fennel for when you're done eating, helps with digestion. That sweet taste at the end of an end of a meal helps with digestion. Right, that's well, where dessert came from. Well, well, that's super interesting. And to be honest, that's all great. We're going to learn more about it. But I spent the past 
two days practicing how to say the word Ayurvedic medicine correctly. So yeah, and you didn't. I, I you might want to try that again actually. Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Okay. Ayurvedic. I think Ayurvedic. I think we're there. Ayurvedic. I think I think we've gotten there. Let's Ayurvedic. go ahead and bring on Dr. Jillian. Ehrlich. Ayurvedic. That's yep, we're yep. I think we're there. Okay. Patty. Michael Chapman. Dr. Jillian Ehrlich is here. I know. Finally. we've got a topic that's going to be super interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm excited. So, me too. okay. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Ehrlich. Jillian Ehrlich is an advanced registered nurse practitioner. She received her doctorate degree from the University of Washington as a family nurse practitioner and certi- cert- certifications, I can say that, from the <laughs> Institute for Functional <laughs> Medicine and the Ayurvedic Institute. Jillian practices conventional, functional, and Ayurvedic medicine at NeuroVeda Health in Seattle, Washington. Her early interest in health led her to practice organic farming and teach wilderness leadership programs, which is awesome. Cool. In medicine, she spent four years caring for homeless adults with acute illness and then seven years as an integrative primary care clinician in an insurance-based nonprofit before specializing in integrative neurology. Her work at NeuroVeda Health continues her focus on serving complex and chronically ill patients as well as on the neurological mechanisms of perception, processing, connection, ecology, and justice. Wow. And with that, welcome. thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's so fun. We were just talking, you know, I've I've known and loved Genova for a long time. I use a lot of Genova in my practice, and um, I'm really excited to be here talking about Ayurveda today because that's... That's where the real rubber hits the road. I'm super psyched. Thanks for having me. I'm psyched because I know little to nothing about this topic, so I'm really excited to learn, and I have my pen to take notes. But Patty thought I was making up words when when I was like, oh, yeah, we should do this. Well, we've interviewed some really talented clinicians on this show with very unique perspectives, but you're bringing us this fascinating approach that we've not yet discussed here. So you're practicing true Ayurvedic medicine, and that word is bantered about often and said incorrectly by me a million times <laughs> in our space and this new agey world, but sometimes not correctly. So in a broad sense, can you tell us what is Ayurvedic medicine and why did you choose to practice this type of medicine? Yes, absolutely. So lots to talk about, unpack there, lots to unpack. So first of all, when we talk about true Ayurvedic medicine, I will say that my tra- my training has been very traditional in the sense that You know, I sat at the feet of the guru or what, you know, guru is a word also bantered about a lot, but you know, guru, the word guru actually means heavy. Um, And so it's kind of the person that can take you deep. That's one of the meanings of the word guru. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my teacher, Dr. Vasant Ladd came to, was brought to Albuquerque, New Mexico in 1984 to start teaching. I think actually earlier than that, but as of 1984 was kind of on the on the cycle of teaching in Albuquerque. And he's been teaching there for over 40 years now. Hmm. And he's, um, and, and he is traditionally trained, which is a bachelor's of Ayurvedic medicine and surgery in India. Hmm. Um, And then you can go on to get kind of a secondary MD degree, but the BAMS makes you an Ayurvedic doctor and licensed to practice in India today. It's a five Hmm. and a half year medical degree. And so while we talk about Ayurveda being kind of a sister science to yoga and a 10,000 year old um, science of medicine. And certainly there are people who have not gone to university that are well-versed in Ayurveda. Um, You know, Ayurveda continues to be a real medical system in India. And Dr. Ladd's mission was really to have it flower again in India. Um, And so when he was young, he was actually told that he would go to the U.S. and teach Ayurveda. And he was like, Mm. I don't even know English. What what is that going to (laughs) be? And they were, you know, they were like, don't worry, that'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about true Ayurveda, we really should talk about 
people who are trained classically in that system in India. And so my training is like a teeny tiny corner of that, but even that teeny tiny corner is just like holds so many gems and I use it in my practice. Um, I was introduced to it um, by a dear friend of mine um, that I've known since elementary school, who's um, originally from Mumbai and she was uh, learning acupuncture and Ayurveda in the late nineties and brought me to a class. And I was teaching for outward bound at that point being, I was in wooden boats uh, with 14 and 15 year olds. And wow. <laughs> I learned this like Kurama Ayurveda, like in a weekend workshop. And mm -hmm. I used it with my students the next year. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And so that's when I went and studied. And that's how I actually came into medicine was like to make Ayurveda a thing. And so, you know, true Ayurveda, we just need to recognize it exists in India as a standalone thing, separate from any kind of like fancy, you know, pretty thing we make it in the U.S. Yeah. The second piece is that um, is that um, we we just need to we need to give it that due, um, and the pieces that we can take from it are still can can be really helpful today. Mm -hmm. So what? So as we're talking about um, true Ayurveda, that's kind of true Ayurveda, and and that's also with Dr. Ladd's mission. That's also why I, I feel okay as a Caucasian person talking a lot about Ayurveda because that cultural appropriation can be a very heavy, deep and real thing. And so I feel that um, in the work that I've been doing over the last 20 years, I've, I've been asked to talk about Ayurveda. And so that's part of why I feel okay continuing to talk about it. Amazing. Great. Great. Amazing. Well, it's, that's super interesting too, because you mentioned kind of the, the pretty U.S. version. And I think when we talk about the pretty U.S. version, you know, we start kind of with this idea around the three doshas. And um, yeah. I'd, I'd be curious to hear a couple things. Maybe you can talk a little bit about the three doshas, but then also if you can maybe frame it as far as how important it is in the U.S. or how we perceive Ayurveda as compared to its relevance in, in true Ayurveda, as you mentioned? I mean, true Ayurveda is really like a way of approaching your life and it's diet and lifestyle. And what we talk about in um, actually the podcast that I do, Podcast for Healing Neurology, we talk about how do you make your whole world medicine? Because in Ayurveda, everything can get so granular um, according to the qualities, according to the characteristics or the, they're called gunas in Sanskrit. Um, and so that way you have a sense, if you understand what your qualities and characteristics are, um, then you can understand how to use the world to modulate your system at every moment in time. Just the same way that, you know, if you were, um, if you're playing a game, if you're playing a game of catch, you are constantly moving and adjusting your body to catch the ball, to catch the ball, to catch the ball, to catch the ball. And so life is like that also. We have influences on us all the time. And we know with epigenetics, this is where the overlay with Western medicine mm -hmm. comes in. It's so beautiful. The, um, we know with epigenetics that, and from the social genomics research of um, Stephen Cole and George Slavich, that if you are one hour with positive people, you'll turn on anti-cancer gene and anti-cancer genes. And if you're one hour with negative or frightening or threatening people, you turn on pro-inflammatory, uh, pro-cancer genes. So this is exactly what Ayurveda is saying. And it's the reason that I use it and the reason that I've gotten so excited about it. And especially for patients with medicine and health, because we can really get down to that granular degree. And those qualities get collected into these three baskets called doshas. And vata is one, pitta is one, and um, kapha is one. And so the characteristics of vata are cold, light, dry, rough, mobile, subtle, and it's the principle of movement. And so the vata person, the person with predominantly vata dosha will be thin, 
light, jumps, dances, talks quickly, learns quickly, forgets quickly, um, might be able to pull together ideas that other people don't see, um, but often can see like a snake in the road instead of a stick. And so mm. this is a lot of our neurological conditions will have Vata associated with them. And this is where a lot of the gaslighting comes in for patients because they go to the doctor and they're like, I see a snake in the road. And the doctor sees, you know, maybe the doctor could say that there's a stick, but the doctor just says there's no snake. Mm. And the patient says there's a snake. And then the doctor says there's no snake. And mm. what's really happening is that there's a stick in the road. So both people are technically correct. Like it might not be threatening like a snake, but it is not a nothing, like mm -hmm. there's nothing there. And so you have to, um, so that's Vata. Yeah. Okay. That's Vata. Yeah, okay. Y'all have Vata. Vata. Okay. Okay. Pitta, Pitta is hot, light, sharp, oily, liquid, uh, spreading, has a spreading qualities to it. Um, and this is kind of a weird one, but uh, Pitta has like a fleshy smell, which is like hmm. that, 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 you know, those people that um, they always kind of have that like humanity smell, not mm -hmm. necessarily like they're dirty, but they can get out of the shower with that. And that's part of Pitta. Okay. And so Pitta tends to be medium body type um, and kind of very intense. And Pitta are, I'm very Pitta, right? So I want to spread the knowledge of Ayurveda. Um, Pitta's people use their minds a lot. It's the principle of transformation. So it's transforming food into your bodily tissue, your enzymes, the intelligence of your immunity and your consciousness, right? So we should eat for the consciousness we see because that's part of that transformation. Okay. And Pitta is also that transformation of sensations and perceptions into memories and experience. So we do it in all the realms. And so that's Pitta and Pitta people um, tend to be doctors and lawyers and teachers and um, computer people because they want to take things and make them into other things. Yeah. That's Pitta. Pitta. And then... Yeah. And then kapha, the qualities of kapha are heavy, slow, cold, oily, dense, soft, cloudy, liquid, and stable. And kapha is the principle of structure. Mm. You know, and in the U.S., we say that the vata body, that skinny mini vati, skinny mini body is the best body, sort of, you know, from the media. Mm -hmm. But in India, it's really that kapha body, like that va 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 voom. And kapha people tend to be solid and stable and loving and... Um, we say that, um, and that's all the structures of the body. So we say three people go to a party the, and, and the Vata person wants to dance and talk and laugh. The Pitta person wants to sit in the corner and have an intense discussion about politics <laughs> or be judgmental about all the other people at the party. And the Kapha person just wants to like sit on the couch and like be in the throng of it and, and, or like have a snack. Huh. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> cool. So we all have, at the moment of our conception, Ayurveda says at the moment of our conception and then kind of through to the moment of our first breath, we have our innate constitution uh, solidified. And it is ours and only ours. There is only There will only ever be one of us in the world because all the forces in the universe were only that way, that one time mm -hmm. that made us, that made this window wow. where our little spirit came through and that's who we are. Okay. And so across the scope of our life, however, you know, so we'll have some vata, some pitta and some kapha and where they are, what degree that they're in is going to be what's different for each of us. And so medicine or um, 
So that's our prakriti. That's what our prakriti or constitution is called. And then we go through life with all these influences. Like now it's freezing out. Now it's 115 degrees out. Now we're eating ice cream every day. Now we're eating, you know, oatmeal every day. So with all the influences on us, you know, those things also have their own qualities. So vata is cold, right? So a person can have a cold heart. They can be emotionally cold. They can have cold fingers and toes. You can have cold in the environment. So the fall season is often the vata season which is why like with um mast cell activation patients there's we talk about the october slide the mast cell slide people get more uh reactive in the fall season and that's because vata is elevated and vata is reactive it's the principle of movement so symptoms move interesting hmm. um and so all of us so our prakriti is our constitution our vikriti is all is the culmination of all those influences on us at one time and medicine health is when we get our vikriti our current constitution to match our prakriti hmm. and because everybody's prakriti is different it means that medicine for one can be poison for another huh. or what was medicine for you today might be poison for you tomorrow right. okay jillian now i got some questions <laughs> that was okay, great that's that was a perfect this this is fascinating <laughs> no, that was okay. a great explanation that was okay perfect. so all of those qualities you just mentioned right they yeah. can at times somewhat seem subjective right like michael thinks i have a cold dead heart but no. maybe i don't think no, I, I, called you, I, I called you a pitta right away when you were like what, what are you talking about i was like well, you're a pitta i think that's, that's my question like so how <laughs> how would i know which dosha is mine? And can you have more than one? Like, were, could you have been born with more than one? So we say, so the way that Dr. Ladd has always done it, which is not the way everybody does it, but we often talk about people with percentages like a vata pitta kapha. So you can be kind of like vata two parts, kapha three parts, pitta one part, or uh, vata pitta kapha. So vata three you know, pitta two, kapha one, something, you know, whatever that is. Okay. And it's unusual to change your constitution, although in extreme situations with extreme trauma, sometimes with pregnancy, they say at the behest of a guru, you know, there's all these different things like maybe you can change your constitution, but that is not to be relied upon. We, okay. we set our steady constitution. We understand it so that we can kind of treat it all lifelong. Um, and all of us have some of each of the doshas, and they're going to just be in different in different places okay. for all of us. Okay. You can do so. Um, the um, the constitution can be felt in the seventh deepest layer of the radial pulse. Michael did that to me. <laughs> he was like, "Patty, what's you what's your dosha?" I'm like, "How am I supposed to?" So he grabs my radial. I'm like, "What's happening? Why are you feeling my pulse?" So explain this. Explain this. <laughs> So the pulse is, and pulse reading is one of those very old sciences, which can be pretty amazing. So you use your um, second, third, and fourth fingers on your radial pulse. So you're going to like hold up your right hand and then put your left hand underneath and wrap your fingers around so that your index finger is closest to your hand. Mm -hmm. Your um, ring finger, you know, where we say love, we put our, you know, we put our love wedding rings is closest to our heart. Um, and then you feel underneath the fingertips you know, about nine different qualities to the pulse. And you feel, um, you know, you look at rate, you look at rhythm. They say the Vata pulse is like a snake and kind of winds underneath and comes and goes. The Pitta pulse jumps like a frog um, underneath the fingertips. And the and the Kapha pulse, um, they say it's like a swan, but I think of it more like a dolphin, like it kind of surfaces and goes back under, surfaces and goes back under. And so these are the qualities of the pulse that you can really feel for the for the deepest um, 
layer just before the pulse is occluded would be your prakriti and then your most superficial so superficial layer right before you lose the feeling of the pulse is your vikruti Right. Okay, so and then, how do you know which is which? Like, well, yeah, and, and let's unpack that just a little bit for yeah. people who are, yeah. this is like totally brand new to. So essentially, like <laughs> you're saying that there's kind of like your constitutional, this is kind of what you were born with, and you're going to have, you know, kind mm -hmm. of a, a sliding percentage scale of each of the three doshas. But then you also have kind of your right now acute what you are, where you are at. Is that a good way to, ex or, or maybe clarify that for us? Yeah, so we... Um, we go through our lives with our innate constitution and that can be felt, you know, you can look at that over the characteristics of your life. So there are dosha quizzes online and there will be one soon on our website, nervedahealth.com if people want to look. Um, but there are dosha quizzes and sometimes they're accurate and sometimes they're hard to tell just because um, if you've had trauma early on, you might have like, let's say that you had early trauma and so you've never been a good sleeper. You might still be a kapha person who typically sleeps, who should sleep really well, but that trauma could have increased mm. all the vata so that at night you're anxious and your mind is spinning. What if, what if, what if, what next, what next, what next? And so that's not necessarily representative of your innate constitution. And so to really know somebody and evaluate somebody from a medical perspective, you have to have a sense of not only kind of what their life has included in terms of I, my body went here, my body went there, this mm -hmm. happened, this happened. You have to know how they felt about it. And so when mm -hmm. we take a history, and actually I was just in uh, functional medicine um, doing some fu functional medicine facilitation, and we were talking about, you know, part of the training is to like hear a person's story and tell it back to them. And I'm always really diligent about saying like, how did you feel about that when you were little? Mm -hmm. How did that feel? Because there are patients who had terribly traumatic childhoods that were actually like, I knew I just, um, I knew I just had to wait until I could leave home and then I would, and then things would be fine. And so they didn't really own that, you know, that their physiology didn't respond. Mm -hmm. And there are other patients who had very easy kind of outwardly lives who were anxious, who had, who were stressed. Um, and so looking at what are your, what are your, what are your doshas doing? How are you perceiving your life? And then looking at that kind of like that XYZ matrix over time is what makes Ayurveda awesome. I don't know how else to finish that. Yeah, sentence. no, that's great. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's great. great. And I guess I have a follow-up as far as, so once you kind of have this information um, about a patient, um, you know, this kind of, the, this dosha quality and, and where they're at, what are some of the things that you can instigate? You mentioned diet, lifestyle, but like specifically, how does that information help you tailor some of those interventions? Mm -hmm. So that is... I mean, that could be like a whole podcast in itself. That could be like a six week, like a five and a half year medical degree. That could be. <laughs> what are you doing next week, Jillian? <laughs> yeah. So this is where, this is the part that I get really excited about because um, when a patient comes, so for example, let me actually give you, let me back up a step and give you an example from what got me interested and excited about Ayurveda. So I learned this teeny piece about Ayurveda, this like tiny crumb about Vata, Pitta and Kapha. And then the next summer I went back out on the boats, you know, these 26 foot long open wooden rowing sailing boats, no motors. And we're in the San Juan and the Canadian Gulf Islands for 12 days at a time. And I'm with these 14 and 15 year olds. Oh and let me just say that is an age where <laughs> you hear things like, hey, will you help clean up dinner? And the the person will respond, I did. I put the lid on the sour cream. Like that right. was the thing I yeah. actually heard. <laughs> I didn't know so my daughter was I, on that trip. <laughs> so so there were so there were three students that I that I was like, okay, I'm just like an experiment and see what happens. So there was this Vata kid, this uh 13-year-old skinny mini uh gal 
very, I think she had been 12 or she'd been 13, like the week before she was barely 14, very Vata melodramatic. And so what I knew was, okay, Vata learns quickly and forgets quickly. And I was like, okay, so we were coming into an anchorage and I was like, okay, I want you to anchor the boat. And I told her these like 12 steps to do very fast. And she was like, I was like, go. And she's like, got it. And she did it beautifully, totally successful. But in my mind, I was like, in the past, I would have been like three days later, I would have been like, do that again. And she would have been had no idea. And in the mm. past, I would have been annoyed with her. I would have been like, you already did this. You already know this. Why are you not paying attention? But now I knew it was just her vata. It made her good at remembering quickly and bad at remembering later. Mm. And the counteraction to that was I had a student, um, uh, a male student who was stout, heavy, slow. He always looked like he was bored, um, mm -hmm. but I don't think he was. I think he was just Puffa. And I spent an hour with him teaching how to teaching him how to anchor the boat. And we went through everything slowly. I let it sink in. He asked some questions. And then a, a week later, seven days later, I was like, anchor the boat. And he was like, okay. And he mm. got up and he did it beautifully. Wow. And so here suddenly were these like actual examples of how I could understand people better and how I could get them to like under how I could work with them for their greatest potential and how they could learn themselves for their greatest potential. Yeah. Well, and so, I'm, so you translate that then to clinical practice, like when a patient comes in yeah. and, and how do you tailor exactly what you're doing to that specific dosha? So it depends on, so again, this is like matrix work mm -hmm. where, you know, this is like a 4d or like a 6d picture because you're working with everybody with, with the person's everything, mm -hmm. you know, the gestalt of who they are. And so it's not only their prakruti, their constitution, but it's all, um, it's also their vikruti. It's also the trauma in their life. It's mm -hmm. also the resources that they have. And that's where that justice piece comes in. You know, what level of oppression are they experiencing from the world? Mm -hmm. Um, what are their, what's their, uh, what's their latitude in terms of kind of where they can make changes. And so that is the frank discussion and collaboration that we do about how people can make changes. So for a Vata person, I often don't tell them a ton of things. We focus on like one thing, right? The Vata is the kind of more fragile. So their mind's going to go a million places anyway. So I give them one thing and I make it really clear and I'm very supportive. With Pitta, Pitta, you know, like, like a lot of us who are medical detectives in this world, mm -hmm. Pitta has to know all the details. So I cite the research, I give them a thousand things, <laughs> I make sure that they feel somewhat overwhelmed, and then they have respect for me and they'll do my treatment plan. <laughs> and with Kaffa, I just kind of yell at them and I'm slightly, <laughs> because Kaffa doesn't want to move. And sure. so right. I just say a million times, you have to do this or, you know, you know, whatever it is, but, you know, I just focus on um, the action and, and I'm just, kind of a jerk sometimes because <laughs> okay. you know if it's helpful and you know I can even say with patients like is it helpful for me to say that like if I say stop smoking you know stop smoking you big jerk will you stop is it more likely <laughs> and sometimes people are like yeah yeah can you just say that to me right. there are studies that have shown that you know it takes an average of eight times to quit and that if clinicians say it it's more patients are more likely to do it so now I figure why not so now I say it I say you know stop drinking stop smoking eat vegetables go mm. exercise kuffa does best healthy kuffa does best when they roll out of bed in the morning at 5 a.m. and drop to the floor and do push-ups, big muscle movement. Mm. And so, you know, I've had many, many patients and friends and colleagues over the years who say, God, you know what? I, I hate it in my mind, but my body loves it. Mm. 
Um, So it's a matter of teaching people what their own constitutions are so that they can figure out how to make their whole world medicine. Because they're actually, you know, patients are their own best advocates. They're going to know way better than I know about what their daily life looks like, how much noise there is, how much chaos there is, how much quiet there is, how much, you know, how many times do they get to the grocery store each week? How much time do they have for cooking? Is it actually more stressful to cook food? Mm. So, so for the Vata, Pitta and Kapha um, predominant constitution, there are recommendations for diet and lifestyle um, for each. So if your constant, if your Vata is too elevated, be it your Prakruti or your Vikruti, if you're you know, if your vata is high, then warm soups, stewy foods, warm liquids, don't have cold salad. Although vata thinks, you know, the skinny mini person is like, great, I'll eat a salad. I'll be very healthy, but mm. it can't digest well. And in Ayurveda, everything is about digestion, you know, mm. just like functional medicine. Right, <laughs> right. right. So, no, yeah, it's, it's super interesting because like with that six dimension sort of way to understand people, we tend to get you know, even in functional medicine, I think we're guilty of it too, to like sort of think that this is the right thing to be doing and this these are the wrong things to be doing. But like the thing that, what that Ayurveda explores is like, yes, that, you know, that might be a healthy thing for this dosha or this, you know, dosha dominant person, but the totally wrong thing for this other person. And so that level of complexity is personalized medicine, but it's done with intention, which I think is what's so cool about this. Yep. And they have done, there's, they have done some studies and there are really interesting more studies coming out about Ayurveda and epigenetics or genetics. Hmm. And they're finding associations between the Vata Pitta Kapha and the CYP450 enzyme system, just that fast metabolizers are deemed Vata Dosha by Vaidyas, by traditional Ayurvedic doctors who are feeling the pulse and assessing the patient and saying, your constitution should make you a fast metabolizer. And then they're looking at some of the enzymatic Hmm. reactions and and finding some alignment. And so it is that's crazy. That's wow. awesome. That is so wow. cool. Okay, so we get the, so so we hear about the doshas. We we yeah. understand this basis, and then we see how you're using it in phys, in in clinical practice. But I just want to add one more layer to this, if I could. We know that you use a lot of Genova testing in your practice, and so where do where where does testing fall into this practice of yours? I would think in my head, like a pitta wants the data. They want, ding, like, ding, ding. Right? Oh, look at you. You got it right. I'm an yeah. expert now, Michael, just right. so you know. In Nevada, you run the test, but you never show them the results. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do you use the tests in this, in this practice? So I use, I, you know, I use a lot of, all of us in functional medicine um, use a ton of different testing, but I will say that the GI effects, and I'm always laughing with Carrie, like I have tried multiple other tests. I got on other bandwagons at one point, you know, there's kind of been this explosion in like hot stool testing, Mm -hmm. Um, but GI effects to me has the most, uh, the most impact. In fact, I was just talking about it with a colleague of mine yesterday. Um, I really like how much I think that we get microbiome, uh, microbiotic hubris and thinking that we can look at one organism and say, this organism does this, or this organism does this. Like it is a community of billions and trillions in there. And just like the individual, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, drinking a cup of chai in the morning, that is going to be healthy for one person, not healthy for another person. And so I think the idea that we're going to treat just to somebody's microbiome, just to those microorganisms can get tricky. And so what I like about the Genova testing is that we're really looking at a lot of those other functional markers. 
So we're looking at digestion with the pancreatic um, elastase and the protein and the fecal fat count. We're looking at inflammation with the secretory IgA, the eosinophil protein X and the calprotectin, as well as the short chain. I like that it calls out the short chain fatty acid levels and the butyrate specifically. And so we can look at essentially what is the lay of the land in there? So mm. not only who lives there, but how do they feel about it? So for example, short chain fatty acids, I'll talk about, um, you know, I think about that as kind of the, the, um, like how it feels to live in your gut, how mm. an organism is, how their yeah. experience is, how they're going to rate it on your stars review. And so, <laughs> you know, you can sleep in downtown Seattle in a tent in a grassy lot or at the four seasons, you're sleeping downtown Seattle, but you're having a very different experience. Mm. And so that's how I think about say short chain fatty acids and butyrate levels. Um, you know, so I want to know if the organisms that are there are stressed or are, you know, chill or kind of what their experience is. And so the Genova test, it does the culture, it does the PCR testing, it does the parasitology, it does H. pylori, it does lactoferrin. So there is a big microbiome component. And, you know, who knows, maybe in another couple of years, we will know more or I'll feel like, oh, that really is the answer. But at this point, I rely heavily on the digestive markers, because mm -hmm. again, if we're not digesting, then we're creating what in Ayurveda is called ama. It's known as like a toxic waste substance. Mm -hmm. um, so the example I always, you know, go back to my outward bound years, there was a day we, it was really cold and windy and the stove, the kids were cooking mac and cheese and the stove kept going out. So that, and they were talking because they're teenagers. And so like eight minutes would go by and they'd be like, oh, we got to relight the stove. The water isn't boiling anymore. So these noodles, instead of coming out like little fluffy, delicious noodles were like a block of starch. It was <laughs> so gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so gross. And that's what happens in your body to your food when it's not digested well. And that starch, that kind of like they, that ama, they call it a white sticky substance. It can present as a coating on the tongue. So that's where we get that coating on our tongue. If we've got ama in our body, it can present as joint pain, aches, fatigue, brain fog, insomnia, irritability, dullness. Um, and eventually it can coat the cells so that it can interrupt cellular communication. And that's then evolves autoimmune disease, you mm -hmm. know? So we've got this autoimmune disease epidemic. Ayurveda would say so much of it is from poor digestion. Mm -hmm. So, and so much of that is because we're not eating according to our dosha. If you've got high pitta digestive fire, if you've got really strong Agni digestive fire that we call it, then you can eat like a goat. You can eat a tin can. If mm -hmm. you can digest it, go for it. But if you've got a really sensitive vata digestion, then you need the pot to be your first stomach and you need to eat kanji and kitchari and oatmeal or even, you know, even thinner than that, you know, just, um, and sometimes that's where even like white, bright, white rice or white bread can come in. It's because it is so highly processed that your body can actually digest pieces of it. I'm not recommending to eat those things, but I'm just saying we really need to prioritize overeating, um, Instead of just eating like healthy foods, I'm doing air quotes sure, here. Sure, right. Um, you know, we're eating what we can digest. Yeah. Did I answer that original question? Now I feel no, like yeah, I'm, you yeah, absolutely yeah, did, absolutely yeah. did. And I, <laughs> I think one of the I, I had this question come up too. Have you noticed any tendencies uh, between the doshas on like stool testing? Have you noticed like, hey, you know, a lot of my like pitta predominant patients have <laughs> more of this going on than that going on? Have you have you seen any oh. sort of uh, patterns like that? That's a great question. That's so interesting. I've never even thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> but but when you look at results, you look at it, you look at it through the lens of, of what the dosha is in front of you. Like, do you interpret the test differently based on who's in front of you? Yeah. 
I mean, I think I do. I, yeah. I, I, I have been now doing Ayurveda for the last like 23, five something years. And so I only see people through, I only see my whole world through an Ayurvedic lens. And yeah. so I cannot separate it. Um, it's, it's, and it's one of those things, you know, we all, I, for whatever reason, Ayurveda spoke to me I, and my body loved it. And I felt it was so insightful for me. And so I have really, you know, I look at everything around me as um, from an Ayurvedic lens. And so the person sitting in front of me, I can only see them through mm -hmm. an Ayurvedic lens and these other components. And so everything we do here at our clinic, um, we apply the same. I mean, we do, um, I have an autonomic, I do autonomic testing here for POTS. We do, we have an IV therapy lounge. We do ketamine assisted psychotherapy. We do medical consultations. We do oncology and cannabis and, you know, all these different things, but everything is really grounded on this foundation of seeing a patient Ayurvedically. Mm -hmm. um, so, so when I'm looking at stool tests to go back, to go back, to what really matters here, um, you know, I'm always looking at it just in terms of the strength of their digestion, I guess, more than their dosha, even, yeah. okay. you know, okay. it's there, it's the gestalt, it's that 60 gestalt of their experience. And so I just think about, you know, each person is this individual kind of like web of what of their own magic you know their mm -hmm. own droplet of as an ocean of you know as a as a droplet of the ocean of consciousness their whole thing is just kind of them um, and i don't even necessarily think about their doshas like i'm treating apitha or i'm treating avatha i'm treating a person i'm treating a spirit that lives inside of these kinds of qualities as its closest uh uh it's not a cage it's like a home you know that's their mm -hmm. home you have like yeah. a doshic home so um and so I'm, I'm looking at their digestion and I'm looking at their stool testing results in light of what they're, um, in light of their Prakriti and Vikriti. Right. That's fascinating. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. This is cool. So now, well, now, now that I, I get know to so tell much. my wife because I'm super vada and she's always like, why don't you eat any raw foods? It's like, I'm trying to avoid ama, right? I just, uh, exactly. I'm going to eat my spaghetti. Leave me alone. And now that I'm so smart, now I can judge Michael on his doshas day <laughs> <Yes>. by day. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he so neurotic? <laughs> um, I know it's just his vata. I mean, it's the same way. Like, you know, if I can't fall asleep at night, and and you know, I will lay in bed thinking about how I'm going to yell at Congress about how they approach healthcare, and I'm like, oh, my is elevated. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <right>. So sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about neuro uh, Veda health too. Uh, it's like everything that you're doing there from integrative neurology, neurology practice, um, and so many other things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just did a lot from the neurology front before even going into functional medicine and all these things. So mm -hmm. how are you like winding all those things together at NeuroVeda Health? Mm -hmm. It's a great question. We're still <laughs> figuring it out. If you ask anybody else in our office, they might say something totally different. But um, what I'll say is that our practice was, um, I have really I have really struggled over the last 20 years to figure out how to share Ayurveda. I've, you know, and it's been a struggle to figure out like, how can I share Ayurveda, but also how can I live a life that's sustainable to me? So, you know, if I was smart, I keep, I keep saying this, I don't know if it's technically true, but I, you know, I would have gone into like gotten a healthcare MBA. Like I would have gotten a master's in business administration. And then I would have, you know, done some systems level um, approach to Ayurveda, but I love being with people. Um, and I love working with people. That's that pit the part of me that wants to get in and figure out like, how do you, how do you wind your way into a tender enough place that you can actually affect change? Um, and then what happens? Um, and so 
you know, I have tried, um, I've tried small private practices. I've tried, um, I've tried public health. Um, I've tried, um, I worked at Harborview for a long time, which is kind of our downtown mission-driven hospital. And I worked a lot with um, uh, unhoused adults struggling with um, acute medical issues. You can still approach everybody Ayurvedically, which is the amazing part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've settled into this practice of Neuroveda Health. It was actually started, our practice was actually started by uh, board-certified integrative neurologist, Eileen Ruhoy in 2016. And then it was called Center for Healing Neurology. Hmm. And um, she and I met through a mutual patient and, um, the patient kept saying, well, my neurologist is doing this and my neurologist is doing that. And I was like, who is this lady? <laughs> and so I started sending her every, every neurology patient that I had in primary care. And she did things with all of them. And so after about eight months of that, I was like, can I come shadow you in clinic? Like, who, mm. like, what are you doing? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she said, sure. And so I went over and by lunch, you know, she would say, this is what I would recommend from the neurology perspective. Do you have anything to add? And I would say, well, this is clearly a Vata issue. Vata and neurology are really closely tied. It's the, it's the movement of the nerve impulse down the nerve. Um, And so I would say, well, this is what I would recommend, you know, oil in the ears or breath work or um, Panchakarma, which is a big Ayurvedic detox. And she was like, interesting. And then she was like, by lunch, she was like, you have to join me here. And so that unfolded over the years. And then the pandemic totally shifted our practice. So I I did join her. And then in the pandemic, she's moved over to more focus on long COVID. And I really wanted to focus more on Ayurveda. And so what we have here now is... Um, a number of different clinicians that have various levels of integrative medicine training. Um, We've got three clinicians with masters in Ayurveda and then myself, which is the kind of old style certification. Mm -hmm. Um, And we offer a full Ayurvedic complement of services. So you can um, remotely, um, if you're interested in listening to this and you're like, how can I do something remotely? We actually have um, two, a set of mini consults. So you can do a mini consult, which is um, a 30 minute visit. And then you get like a spice blend specifically for your dosha, Mm. or you get an essential oil blend specifically for your dosha. And those spice blends, you know, we underrate where we can put spices. Like I learned years ago, you can actually put spices on salad. So, you know, if you're traveling, a personalized spice blend is a perfect way to make sure that everything you eat is going to help, is going to be a little bit more digestive for you. Um, so those are easy and remote. We also do breath work and breath work training, which can really um, be an incredible intervention for the autonomic nervous system, gauging between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems. And then we also do diet and lifestyle consult, full consultations, full 90-minute consultations and follow-up. We also do the full complement of Ayurvedic body work. So if you've never had Ayurvedic body work, I highly recommend it. It mm. is phenomenal. Um, and it includes something called Abhyanga, which is a full body oil massage. It can include nausea, which is actually medicated oil into the nasal cavity. It can include oil into your ears. Um, it can include Shiradara, which is a warm stream of oil over your forehead and scalp for 30 minutes, which is mm. can be incredibly soothing. It's amazing. It's have amazing. you had that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, it's, oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> well, um, there's, there's special treatments called Busty, which is like you can do Netrobusty, which is actually they make a dough ring around, like, say, an eye, and then they fill it with warm ghee, and you, 
you actually open your eye underneath the ghee mm -hmm. and it's great for screens. Like if you're staring at screens all day mm -hmm. um, to kind of relax and, and detox the eyes. And then we also offer Panchakarma, which um, I have Courtney Kardashian and Gwyneth Paltrow to thank because they did Panchakarma recently. And so I've had three patients in the last two weeks that have come in saying, I want what they're doing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God, cool. who knew this? They would be the spokespeople for this, but yeah. Um, pancha karma is pancha means five karma means actions of detoxification. And so the idea is you do a prep week um, with a, a simple kitchery diet, you increase your ghee intake or, or some kind of internal oleation. And then you have between five and, you know, between three and 30 days on the table on, on the massage table, where you're essentially getting externally oleated. And then you do, the idea is that all of the vata, pitta and kapha that have gone out of whack and have theoretically spun off into peripheral tissues, get brought back to the GI tract with all the ole oleation and then are eliminated. And so that elimination can be um, warm sesame oil, um, herbal medicated enemas. Mm -hmm. Everybody always goes, oh, it was great until that moment. <laughs> <laughs> what was that last word? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, or drinking castor oil purgation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in India, traditionally, they actually do vomina, which is vomiting, mm -hmm. therapeutic vomiting, which is less common here. And they actually also in um, India do rakta moksha, which is uh, rakta means blood, moksha means liberation. So it's bloodletting, but it's really like blood liberation. And if you've talked to anybody with gout, um, you know, sometimes actually donating blood or someone with hemochromatosis, that actually is absolutely a therapeutic that we use in this country. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then nasi as the other panchakarma action. So, and then you kind of bring it all back together. So, you know, when we talk about health over the course of an Ayurvedic lifetime, we really emphasize prevention at first, know your doshas, know your prakruti, your constitution, know your vikruti, your current constitution, know your world and be able to control anything that you possibly can, even if it just means having a cup of warm water in the morning for your, for your gut. Um, and then it's when things start to get off, um, which they call purvarupa, which means um, essentially the, the the presentation of color before the disease. There's a whole uh, pathogenesis, uh, 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 whatever you call it, uh, like presentation in Ayurveda, and so um, called samprapti. And so the idea is that you know before disease really has a chance to fully flower, you want to root it out. You want to see those symptoms that before it's actually happening, you can actually you know get back from the come back from the edge of the cliff. Um, and then you should plan over the course of an Ayurvedic life to do periodic episodes of detox and rejuvenation. And so I've had patients with MS get up off an Ayurvedic table and say, this is the first time I'm pain-free in 20 years. Mm. Um, wow. You know, you can, for treating, um, you know, if disease is too deep and the person is too fragile, then they may not be appropriate. But um, for a generally diseased person or a healthy person or a person who probably is diseased or heading towards disease, then panchakarma and, um, is excellent. And for everybody, Ayurvedic therapies are appropriate. So we do, we have a big Ayurvedic program. We also do a lot of IV therapy here. So nice. IV, our guts are such a mess here in the Western world where we're producing all that ama. Mm -hmm. So the idea that you can get nutrients um, across, the, you know, into the bloodstream that can support, especially the mitochondria. We do a lot of mitochondrial medicine here. Um, so helping those organelles that produce our ATP. And so we've got um, a bunch of um, very specific re recipes um, with glitzer acid and taurine and N-acetylcysteine and um, methylene blue and 
NAD, nicotinamide, adenine mm -hmm. dinucleotide. And so all these different components that can really help support um, the immune system and the mitochondria and the mind and um, energy production and clarity and performance and branch chain amino acids and carnitine and mm. um, so, you know, so, so we've got a full IV therapy program, which of course is really hard to access remotely. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and then we've got medical consultations. And so medical yeah. consultations, um, we are a cash-based practice just because we found we really need the space to kind of walk around with patients inside of their minds and in, inside of their constitution. And so we, we don't, we do give super bills. Um, we can do, sometimes we will do tele, tele-education. Um, and teaching across state lines, you know, we're not treating patients across street, uh, state lines, but we can do education for sure. So, um, okay, well, I'm totally sold, Jillian. Yeah, I'm Aww. getting on a plane and I'm coming to Seattle because I need to go to Norvita Hill. You Are you do. with me? Oh, you do. Oh. Yeah. Are you no, with I me, agree Michael? that you need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is. I do love it here. I do. <laughs> I really love our practice. I, I mean, I mean, we're just, it's fun. You know what I mean? We are, we are, it is a magical thing to live in this body mm -hmm. as a pillar of light to take form. It mm -hmm. is fun and it's interesting and it's weird uh -huh. and it's sad sometimes and it's heartbreaking and there's grief and loss and rites of passage. And, you know, this life is here. We only get this one precious life, right? That's what that Mary Oliver saying. What will you do with your one precious life? And so, um, we're hoping that our medical practice really helps people fully embrace that. Well said. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well said, and profound. I, yeah, it's just, it's so fascinating too that how, how profound, how true these things are being borne out and, and how well they were understood, you know, back in the Vedic texts, like how old yep. this medicine is. And yet it's like still so profoundly true and, and just continually being proven. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the Vedas, so we didn't even talk really about the Vedas. Ayurveda, Ayu means life, um, and Veda means knowledge. So technically, Ayurveda is the knowledge of life, meaning, you know, met health and medicine. But I think of it really as the science of reality. Mm -hmm. And so once you understand the science of reality and where you are in it, then you know, fundamentally, you belong here. And then it's just a matter of finding your spot, you know, finding your spot with your diet, finding your spot with your exercise, losing the judgment you have of your own mind. You know, the kapha person really just needs to kind of get their ass in gear. The pitta person needs to just be more gentle with themselves. And the vata person needs to like luxuriate. Mm. <laughs> mm. Interesting. <laughs> that is fascinating. So, you know, we just, once we know, then we can also just be kinder with each other, you know? Yeah. I love this. That's I'll tell awesome. you, this is fascinating. And we should probably have Jillian well, like maybe once a week. Let's I think so. Up. I oh, think I mean, it should be like a phone a friend sort of like, totally. can we get the Ayurvedic perspective <laughs> no, on this seriously, question? Yeah. Seriously. And I know everyone out there listening is also equally as fascinated and very oh. well explained and very well said, Jillian. We're just going to encourage all of our listeners to check out your website, check out the clinic, neurovedahealth.com. And Michael and I are hopping on a plane to come see you. Um, I've got so many places to <laughs> eat there too. I can't wait. There's, I've <laughs> well, been waiting yeah. to get back. Oh. Well, I'll tell you, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. But before I let you go, we do have one last question that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman, which is kind of a nonsense question that means nothing. We usually the end with a, this question called the fireball. It typically doesn't mean anything. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot uh -oh. and say, okay, so three doshas walk into a karaoke bar. <laughs> <laughs> what What is the vada, what is the pitta, and what are the kapha singing? Okay. 
<laughs> um, uh, let's see. And a karaoke bar. Okay, so the vodka is going to do something that is has a lot of dancing in it. And okay. I'm trying to think of a song that would go with it, but something that is like fast and has a lot of dancing okay. and a lot of like okay. a lot of movement. Yeah. 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 I would say the pitta is going to either do something that is very intense or like um uh is it baby got back she says hello <laughs> come sit next to me I mean it's like fast and you have to like your brain has to work really fast to do yeah. it oh, okay, yeah yeah like yeah. a lot of words and you have to yeah yeah like yeah, a, yeah yeah like a like yeah. a beast boys like right. sort of thing yeah, yeah. like oh yeah. yeah yeah like a beast boys yep um and then kuffa is going to do something that like i would say kuffa could do something with a swoon to it like something Love. that's slower frank sinatra like, wow um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Amazing. Got it. And we'll say, you know, I will say that sometimes I, you, when I talk about Vata Pitta and Kapha, I talk about celebrities because everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I talk about celebrities, you know, we know that like, we all can picture like Nicole Richie or even Gwyneth Paltrow, like a lot of Vata, mm-hmm. you know, skinny mini. We can all picture, um, Pitta is like Frank Sinatra is actually a lot of Pitta. Nicole Kidman's a lot of Vata and Pitta. Um, and then when we think of Kaffa, you know, you can think of like Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. right. um, uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, The Rock, yeah. you know, yeah. those are like such like The Rock is like brilliant Kaffa with a lot of Pitta. You know, he's kind of an intense, smart guy. Yeah. But it's like there's so much Kaffa there. Or Chris Hemsworth, yeah. you know, a lot of Kaffa. James Earl Jones. So just to say, what's up? James Earl Jones. <laughs> Yes. Oh, so much gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Jillian, we could talk to you for hours and we will likely call oh. you back because I have lists hey. now of questions. Now that I'm somewhat of an expert on Ayurvedic <laughs> medicine. Is that what it feels like? Right? It's great. I know. Can you? Yeah. That's pretty much what my life has been like. Taking this tiny crumb. Yep. And, and, uh. Well, listen, and be really excited about it. I'm carrying this crumb forward and I'm going to make lists of questions that we need Jillian hey. for and like seriously we can't thank you enough for coming on this was a total blast yeah it's been great thank well, you so much thank you this makes Dr. Ladd really happy I know so oh, thank you great. very much for helping to spread the light of Ayurveda awesome. alright since I met you you've been telling me I was a Pitta yeah that's right don't you think Pitta most, predominant right? don't Let's you think clarify. most doctors are, are Pitta predominant uh, yeah, like she said, I think that there's probably a high percentage, like doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. people who are go-getters, world conquerors, things of that nature, pit of people. Yeah, Stuck for in sure. the details, trying to orderly go through the reasoning. That is me. I think that's most clinicians, though. And this is part of the thing, too, right? We're complementary because I, I have been known to be Vada Kapha, sort of equal, equal parts Vada Kapha. So we, we sort of like between mm. two of us. <laughs> we got it all covered. <laughs> We've got the things. <laughs> but it's also why you're crushing it all the time and uh-huh. I'm just fine. <laughs> but I do, I think I do have some vada because I'm like, bah, 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 bah. you know, talking a mile a minute, raising, wa- ra- waving my arms yeah, inappropriately. I could see, see some, you know, some pit, of, pit of vada going on vada there. Pitta, pit yeah. of vada. You have some anxiety. Mm, I don't think it's anxiety. It's excitement. Were you excited about that last review we got? I haven't slept and after some therapy, I'll be fine. Next time on The Lab Report, James Earl Jones. What? He's going to sing Baby Got Back? Some Beastie Boys, I hope. Cool. Gotta let you know, we didn't actually get James Earl Jones. Oh. We'll have to think of something else. Oh, no. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. 
Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. So apparently it's the year of the rabbit. You told me this the other day. Rabbit, rabbit. What does this mean, it's the year of the rabbit? Is this good or bad? It's the Chinese zodiac. Yeah. Each year is represented by uh-huh. a new energy, a new animal. What's the energy of the rabbit? Uh, rabbits tend to be pretty laid back, mm-hmm. good at handling relationships. They tend to be friendly people, right? Mm. So they, they don't like a lot of arguments. They don't like conflict. Uh, they have a lot of ideas, but they have a hard time fulfilling them. So they kind of just chill. They're lucky, you know? Yeah. So uh, looks pretty good for 2023, I'd say. It's going to be my year. What's your uh, What's your sign? What's your Chinese zodiac sign? What year were you born? Dog. You're the dog. You're the dog. What are dogs about? Loyalty. But you hate dogs. <laughs> I don't hate dogs. <laughs> I just prefer cats. Such a good point.